0: Hey everyone, today's Boston Calling in review episode of the Listen In Podcast is brought to you by you. Thanks for listening. We love you. Give us a review on iTunes. Give us a follow on Twitter. If you went to Boston Calling, what did you think? Who were your favorite artists that you saw? What was your biggest letdown? What did you think of the lines for the Porta Potties? Because they were pretty long. And um, get at us. Let's start the show.
1: Listen In Podcast, episode 75. We are breaking down the Boston Calling Music Festival in this episode. Both Jake and I attended this past weekend, and we're going to have some fun overviews for you. What was good? What was bad? But first, Jake, little history bites. Yeah. We're on episode 75. 1975 was the fall of Saigon. There you the go. The official, official end.
0: Some albums that came out in yeah. 1975, Sean. We got "Physical Graffiti" by Zeppelin. Their bloated but undeniably great double album. Mm -hmm. "Blood on the Tracks" by Dylan. "Tonight's the Night" by Neil Young. "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd. "A Night at the Opera" by Queen, which is uh, has Bohemian Rhapsody on Mm. it. "Young Americans" by Bowie. Uh, "Horses" by Patti Smith.
1: Another Green World. Brian Eno.
0: Yeah, Aerosmith comes out with Toys in the Attic. So I would say a, a step up on from
1: 1974. it's a really good year. Let me ask you this, Jake. If, Venus and Mars by Paul if McCartney. If you had to rank the four like big ones that were there, and, yeah. and I know you're a big Toys in the Attic guy, actually, so maybe that will fall in.
0: Well, no worries. We don't have to.
1: Rank for me, Physical Graffiti, okay. Blood on the Tracks, wish you were here.
0: Oh, wow. Um, at this point in my life, I think it might be... Um, that actually might be Wish You Were Here, Blood on the Tracks, Physical Graffiti. Weirdly enough.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Catch me off the cuff here. Here, Here's the thing about Blood on the Tracks. I love Blood on the Tracks. I always think it's a little overrated as one of the great, great Dylan albums. I prefer Desire. We've talked about this many times. Yeah. I think I'm still ranking this Physical Graffiti, Wish You Were Here, Blood on the Tracks. I think it might be mine.
0: Okay. But okay. Physical Graffiti first. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah, it's... I, it's,
1: it's so much nostalgia with that album for me.
0: Yeah, I can see that. It's just like it's physical graffiti now at this point. I never feel compelled to listen to the whole thing, really. Yeah, I should. It's long. It's too because long. Because you know what, though? Every time I hear tracks from side, what would it be, four? Or even side, like, three, like the, that second half of the album. I'm always like, yeah, these are really good, actually.
1: You know what we should do? Impromptu um, trim the fat later in the episode. We'll come back to physical graffiti. Okay. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. We'll, we'll let's mark do that. that down. Uh, But we're going to talk Boston Calling first. Okay. Um, So let's... What do you think the best way to do this is?
0: So what I was thinking we could do is let's... um, Last week in our preview episode, we talked about a number of categories, basically previewing Boston Calling. I think what we should do is just run it back, go through all the categories we discussed, and assess whether or not we were right, whether we were wrong, whether we sort of... Uh, missed the boat a little bit Or whether we were right on with what we okay. expected I like that. I like that. So the first category And sort of the easiest to jo- uh, dive into Artists we were most excited to see So we said um, Last week I said Bonnie Iver, Sean said Pup So how do you feel that that stacked up?
1: I was spot on with my most excited four I think Pup ended up Stealing the entire weekend Actually Pup ended up being my favorite Performance it was followed closely by Bonnie Iver. Bonnie Iver was second. Um, but Pup, the energy that they brought, they sounded tight. They acted the part up there as fucking rock stars. They, I think, had the most engaged crowd that I saw. Um, they definitely lived up to the most excited for tag yeah. uh, for me. And, and yes, I, I think I was accurate with that.
0: Bonnie Iver ended up being one of my... I'd say top three, I think, at least top four favorite acts I saw during the whole thing. Um, the only thing is, like, I think Pup I actually liked more uh, in general in terms of uh, performances and my enjoyment of them. But a big reason was, and this goes, we'll get to this later, with Things You're Dreading the Most, which we'll, we'll cover again, um, had a big-time day-drinking headache yeah, by the time Bonnie Bear came on. That'll happen.
1: Yeah, it's so it's, it's interesting that... Um, they were talking about this on part of my take. It was the who's back of the week. It was summer hangovers. Basically, yes. Yes. it's really, really easy to be day drinking, yep. dartying, if you will, Jake. Um, <laughs> stupid, Sorry for dartying. Stupidest word ever. <laughs> when darties <laughs> turn to nardies. <laughs> That's right. Um, basically, if you're outside yep. in the sun, even if it's a little overcast, you're drinking. There's loud music. You're not drinking water. You're, that's a recipe for disaster
0: Let me paint a picture with words for you Sean Because okay.
1: this is this is Paint me a tapestry I Jake. will
0: This is what To not do This is how to not have your day go If you don't want to have the worst headache of your life By the end of it So First of all You're going to a music festival So just know that in the background I woke up on Friday I was like okay I won't exercise for three days I have to do something mm-hmm. So I went for a run I'm feeling good In a little bit of a rush Because we were getting together at noon I was running a little late um, so I don't eat. I don't eat anything. <laughs> Nothing at all. We stop at the liquor store. <laughs> we go to Market Basket where I buy a 30-rack of Bud Light. So we're prepared on that front. Right. I've still yet to eat. So I pick up, um, following in the in the Sean Howe Nutrition Camp, I pick up a tube of Lay's stacks. Yes. I eat... To fortify yourself. Eat, right. To sort of line the stomach with starch. <laughs> I eat... A little more than a half a tube on the way down <laughs> to Boston. And then Logan, big friend of the pod, grabbed peanut M&M's. So I ate probably three like, like a
1: Like a, a five pound bag.
0: A family sized bag of peanut yeah. M&M's. And I ate probably three, four, five full handfuls. Yeah, So like two servings of peanut M&M's. So nutritionally, I'm way off. <laughs> I'm like both You're my, in that sweet spot. My body's tired. We get to the hotel and immediately start to pregame. So I start drinking. (laughs) Say,
1: Jake, sorry for
0: darting. Sorry for darting. So, this is so just to recap, here's where I'm at so far. I haven't eaten anything of substance yet at all. (laughs) Yep. I've started to drink, had a few beers, and I exercised rigorously to start my day. So my body's already tired. Then we go to the festival. I eat nothing but two slices of pizza. And hours later, during Bonnie Vare, surprise, surprise. My back and legs are hurting, (laughs) and uh, I have no nutritional value of any kind within me. No reserves to call upon. And I also didn't hydrate, really, at (laughs) all, all day.
1: Because if you did hydrate, Jake, you would have to stand in those long bathroom lines. Exactly,
0: exactly, and I forgot the Nalgene that I would have remembered if I weren't in such a rush.
1: Right, and basically, I took the strategy that first day or first couple days of just don't Try not to eat or drink anything so you don't have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. That's what I do when I am going on airplanes. Yeah. I just deprive my body of nourishment it's and like sustenance.
0: Have, it's like if you're going to have blood work done. Yeah. So you got to
1: fast. got to fast. I basically do that with airplanes and music festivals so right. I don't have to then go to the bathroom.
0: That's the right strategy. So I ended up in a bit of a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Because by the middle of Bonnie Vare, I was like, ooh, like pretty much all of me hurts um, and this place is only getting busier. Uh, and then Chance the Rapper was after that, and I had a full-blown migraine and ended up having to go back to the hotel. That night, Sean, I was not alone, though. Because no. it, it seemed, ex- with the exception of you and Logan, pretty much everyone And was everyone hurting. felt
1: sick. My girlfriend Brittany felt sick. Josh felt sick. You felt sick. I Brittany actually was so had such a bad headache, she threw up.
0: Yeah, I, I was almost there. So, I was seriously like yeah. right there. People, I one, people were, were hurting. I had one of the worst migraines of my yeah. life, and it went away, and then I, I ate some rolls, which big friend of the pod, Mitch, very smartly. Huge, huge. Big move on the rolls. Let
1: me ask you this, Jake, before yep. we move on to our other categories. What was your feeling about the festival in general? Let's, let's, I want to hear general thoughts on it.
0: Okay, Um. so we talked a lot during the weekend about how we saw on social media and stuff there was the criticism that they kind of with this year's iteration of Boston Calling and I've actually never been to one of the previous mm. ones but they bit off more than they could chew and they had too many people buy tickets, it was too crowded the lines were too long and it was sort of tough to get around and enjoy the festival because there were just too many people to be honest I think that kind of held true because um, you. what ended up happening is By the end of the festival, I had a strategy down where you you knew where to go to the bathroom because there was near the, what was it, the blue stage. Blue stage. There was a big bank of porta-potties that was easier to use. You kind of, by the end, had a strategy about where you can go, what you're going to be able to do, how to plan around it. The first couple days, to me, were were a shit show. Yeah. Because... Uh, like you said, lines for urinal uh, for I keep saying urinals, but porta potties just down the block. Mm-hmm. The comedy uh, show on Saturday night where Hannibal burst at was capacity. the headliner, fully at capacity yep. immediately. Um, yeah, a ton of people. I think a little overcrowded. I had to
1: wait in line probably for an hour for food. But I, I will. People say. People running out of food.
0: That being said, um, I think that's an easy sort of negative way to look at yep. it. I mean, to be fair, I saw a bunch of bands I love all in one weekend, and it didn't really hit me until the end on Sunday when Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, I saw so many artists that I love this weekend, and I kind of realized today, when I was thinking back on it, I was like, you know, you kind of complained a lot all weekend. (laughs) Yeah. But I was thinking back, and I was like, you were standing outside, like, drinking with your friends, listening to bands. What's wrong with you that you couldn't just enjoy that more?
1: And I I think I'm right there with you where... I felt a lot of the same annoyances of the lines, the crowds. I don't think either of us really do necessarily well in crowds like that. I think it takes a lot of energy out of us, that saps, might, saps a lot of our, our energy. That might be a surprise to listeners who, <laughs> who think
0: that we're real life of the party type of
1: No, guys. we're not. It, honestly, for me personally, I won't speak for Jake, but for me personally, it takes a lot of energy for me to do something like that. Me too. And oh, yeah. um, I was feeling that by the end. Friday, it's interesting. Friday, I think was actually one of the more. I, I didn't I didn't feel a lot of the criticism that day. And yep. I remember looking at Twitter Saturday morning, seeing a lot of the criticism from people being like, this is like Firefest 2.0. The lines are out of control. Boston calling. You need to figure your shit out. Like, this is, you know, Baker's not always better, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, wow, that's, I'm not really, I wasn't totally getting that vibe. Like, that's interesting.
0: It did seem out of line at that point
1: to me. But Saturday, I think there were maybe even more people there on Saturday than there were on Friday. And um, I really felt the overwhelming mass of people. The bathroom situation was really bad. The food situation was dire. The seeing, trying to get close for certain artists was very, very difficult unless you were waiting at that stage for a while.
0: You know what's kind of crazy is that like the only other music
1: festival I've ever really been to is Newport. And I think they capped that pretty early. Newport, I, I Newport does a fantastic job of capping at a certain number. They know exactly how many people can fit comfortably there. And they do a much better job of directing traffic and having... It, Newport never felt like there were too many people, and it never felt overwhelming, even though there were a fuck ton of people. It never felt overwhelming in the way Boston Calling did. I think just the flow of traffic and where they had things placed wasn't well thought out, and I think in future iterations at the Harvard Athletic Complex, it will probably get better.
0: I realized, though, during like the last set of every day, how crazy it was and just how many people there were like especially nah. during Mumford and Sons oh on God, Saturday yeah. which was the they were on the green stage they were the last band to play so everyone who hadn't left was there and it was nuts i mean there were it was like people for what felt like a mile seriously, from the from seriously. the stage
1: what really hit me what put it into context it started on saturday when we were watching the 1975 from the top of the bleachers mm-hmm. and you could see the mass of people there were Think of that amount of people and basically double it for Weezer the next night at that area. I've never seen so many people amassed in that way. Just like hands up, bobbing along because the bleachers were filled. Almost that entire field was filled. And by that time too, people had figured out that the bathrooms at the blue stage were the place to go. Those were a complete shit show, pun intended, because people just started throwing trash into the into the porta potty, uh, like receptacle.
0: Wait, so you mean that even though there were signs that said don't do that, yeah, people
1: just like how they said that cigarette smoking would be prohibited, but you look and there's cigarette butts literally everywhere,
0: (laughs) and and just like people smoking weed with impunity, (laughs) just 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 walking around. Yeah,
1: how about this for so? I don't think I've ever been to a major event that was easier to sneak contraband into
0: than this one. That's a great point, dude. Okay, because given all of the stuff I'd read in advance, especially the thing about your bracelet, where we got our bracelets for the three-day pass delivered in the mail and it had very specific instructions and it was like, don't mess this up, you get one shot. I had this vibe, especially part of it was based on Newport last year, where I've compared trying to get in there with Contraband, which we did last year, Mm. to trying to escape Iran (laughs) in the movie Argo. I felt like that. And they were really, they were searching bags. Dude, they had,
1: Newport just has their shit together more than Boston Calling.
0: But they were searching bags, they were like actually opening stuff and like, so at uh, Boston Calling it couldn't have been easier. I, like, I mean, I didn't really sneak anything in. I, I think I had a nip or something of, of, of whiskey. But, like, we walk in, and there's a metal detector, and they're just waving people
1: in. It's going off for literally everyone. <laughs> right. Because you, you're going through it holding your phone, your keys, whatever you might have on you. So, obviously, it's going to go off. But the wanding or the, the, the check that they do after was so minimal, oh, yeah. they might as well have not had security there.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it was... They didn't research really anything. I snuck they didn't all, do a pat down.
1: I snuck an entire plastic, like, bladder, water yeah. bottle, plastic water bottle of vodka in, just stuck it in my pants, went through, no problem at all.
0: Well, and I was all keyed up because of last year at Newport. Again, I was like, I didn't even try. The first day, I didn't try to sneak anything in. I was like, oh, I don't want to Yeah, take we, the risk. we
1: were like, ooh, it might be tight. You know, we just had this Manchester uh, ISIS um, terrorist attack, yeah. it's probably going to be really tight. It wasn't at all. It was so little security
0: that I actually was like a little worried. <laughs> I
1: know. I know. Because
0: I was like, it would have been real easy for me or anyone else to
1: sneak in weapons. I think it was, I think Josh, big friend of the pot, had a funny joke where he's like, Everyone, every person in your group could have just brought in a different ingredient for a bomb. That oh, was, was that maybe, you? That was actually my <laughs> yeah. Line. yeah. I actually said that.
0: <laughs> it was just really funny. You could have just come in, each of you had a different ingredient. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, nothing like that happened, but I did have that thought to kind of go into another area there. During Weezer, so you mentioned Weezer, you watched from the perspective of Up in the yeah. Bleachers. Yeah, That was the one, like, big show where I actually got to be up front. Yeah. And um, I thought that was really awesome. And I couldn't gauge the size of the crowd from where I was. But i got to be honest, that was the point where I most... We talked last week about, will you think about the attacks? Will you think yeah, about terrorism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. During during Weezer was the point I did yeah. most. Because I was like, this crowd's huge. I can just tell from where I am. Yeah. Um, and there, I, I was kind of like, when is the point where like something would happen? And I was thinking about, what would I do? And, yeah. Especially because... When we were leaving, I realized how big the crowd was because we were all funneling out through that gate, which was pretty small. Yeah. I was like, this would be a time where if you were going to do an attack, people would trample each other. It would yep. be an absolute nightmare. Yep. And so I, 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 just to follow up on that, I did think about it a little bit.
1: I thought about it, too, at one of the points when I was walking through one of those similar choke points. I think it was when... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like such a like, technical like <laughs>
1: military term. Seriously, though, because the way that they structured the grounds was they put a bank of porta-potties at the same point where they had the entrance to the comedy club, at the same point where it was the main thoroughfare to get to the blue stage. That was poorly laid out. That was the dumbest thing they could have done because everyone pouring out of the blue stage area slams into the lines for the porta-potties coupled with the line to get into the comedy club. And I was thinking at one point during there, I was like, fuck, this is like bad. Like this is people could either A get trampled or this would be a prime time to do some sort of attack. But the other the other point that made me kind of afraid was actually after Bonnie Vare. Yeah. Because during Bonnie Vare it started pouring rain and which during the set was like this magical festival moment. It happened where like
0: during Holocene. It started
1: during Holocene, which I've never heard a song that is complemented by rainfall more. Yeah. So much so that I think there's like multiple versions, like remix versions online that have Holocene with like a an underlying track of like rainfall under it. And it sounds amazing. Right. And then Bonnie and then um Skinny Love also it, it was pouring too.
0: Dude, it was it was really pouring, and I actually during that was not as pissed as I would have been. No, I, I was
1: like, this is awesome, this is great. I was enjoying the rain. But what ended up happening was once that was over, we were all trying to get out of there and and move away from the stage and there was a bunch of people already waiting at the green stage for chance to go on so there was this l- only like a small choke point if you will yeah. again that you could get through
0: and for reference to the listeners the way the stages were set up, the red and green stage were basically right next yeah. to each other, and then the blue stage was like probably, honestly, maybe a mile country away. Country like, mile. Yeah, away. it was like maybe it wasn't a, a mile. Half mile. Half mile it, it was like
1: a quarter mile. Something
0: like that. It was but, like a deep. Well, if you went stage to stage, been yeah. Like if you were going front yeah. to front, it was like yeah, true, fun. true. So yeah, these two stages were pretty close.
1: Um. So we were all trying to get through there, like an entire stage <laughs> worth of crowd was trying to get through in this little little area. But since it was raining. There was mud everywhere, and it was really hard to find your footing on top of being basically, like, like really, really close quarters with other people. And there was a moment there where it felt like everyone was kind of, like, pressing in on each other, and the mud was really bad, and you couldn't get your footing. I was like, we're two seconds away from people trampling each other, and it, it was so much so that I, like got broad and, like, put my arms out and was just start, starting to, like, shove people away. Because I was like, I'm not dying in this little area right here. So that
0: did, Which is a little dramatic, but still. I didn't experience that because I was further back for Bonnie Bon Iver. Um Did it seem that people were freaked out? Were people scared?
1: Mm, it was starting to get that way. It was? It was starting to get... It, if there were a few more people that were trying to get through, it was starting to get that That's way.
0: That's not a good feeling. One thing that that whole thing just reminded me of, the fact that... So Josh and I were way further back for Bonnie Iver than you guys were. Yep. And this brings up actually what one of my favorite things about music festivals are. And like being there with a group. I feel like I've talked about this with you before. I don't know about it on the podcast. I love chaos and the way like random groups of people break off and stuff. Yeah. And how it kind of happens. Where I think that's an underrated part about going somewhere with a group. How you kind of have different experiences with yeah. different friends. Like there yes, I, I was yep. at run the jewels with certain people yep. I was at uh, the 1975 only with you yep. I was at Bonnie Vera with Josh until he like felt like he was gonna pass out and he yep. left and I was alone at Bonnie Vera. Yeah.
1: and so there's all these which is maybe a reason why you didn't enjoy it as much no as I
0: just that was when I was starting to feel sick yeah I was starting yeah. to get my headache yeah. and my, my back was starting to hurt yeah and I was like oh yeah I probably should have taken care of myself at all <laughs> a
1: little self-care right uh, but yeah overall I think in terms of my enjoyment of the festival I did enjoy it I'm glad that I went. Um, There definitely could have been better planning, maybe? Crowd control? Better crowd control, I think, would have been a thing. All the artists, I think, were great. Um, I think... So, two questions. One, what would you rank this out of Mm ten?
0: And
1: would you go back for a full three-day thing? Basically, what would you do differently? For me, I would give this like a... 7.5 out of 10 in terms of festivals Um, I would say I would go back probably not for a 3 day thing like I did not a full weekend I would wait for the lineup to come out and I would pick a day or 2 days to go and call it a day after that Um, and actually comparing it to past years I think the intimacy of Government Center and what they had there was preferable to me. I, I enjoyed that more than I did the the expanse of the Harvard venue.
0: Okay. I think I'd give it like somewhere between a 7.58 okay. in that range. I would do the three day again, but it in order to do it it would have to be kind of like this year where it's an event with friends. Yeah. And we get a hotel and like it because for me Part of the fun was just being somewhere else with my friends. Yeah. Like, and having that experience. Yep. Like, I thought that was actually yep. kind of an underrated part of Agreed. it. Agreed. But I could see definitely doing a one or two day thing and kind of gauging it more yeah. based on who's playing when. Um, so, yeah, that seems like a good strategy as well. And who knows if the lineup will be as stacked next year as it was this year. I feel like I, yeah. this year was a freakish outlier. I
1: think we kind of caught lightning in a bottle because there were so many of those, like, little bands that we love that ended up going there. That's not always going to be the case. No, yeah, definitely not. And um Like the Pups of the World and Hotel Year and Whitney, Lucy Dockett, like all of those, like that you're never gonna strike gold with that at the one PM, two PM slots like you did this year. That's not gonna happen.
0: There were so many that not only did I keep forgetting who was going when I looked at the actual lineup, I when I looked back at the festival and like was looking at I think Stereo Gum had a sort of a, either a ranking, a top ten, or like just sort of pictures, and I saw Whitney and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot A, that they were there, and B, that I saw after set. <laughs>
1: right. Like, because right. there
0: just were so many.
1: Yeah. There was a lot exactly. to see,
0: and then add the comedy on top of that.
1: Right. There was right. a lot of different s- experiences. There was almost like too much. Yeah. I didn't see any of the comedy.
0: Right. And I, I saw some of what I wanted to. I saw yeah. Pete Holmes, and I saw Hannibal, Burris hosting. But I didn't get to see his headlining set because we tried, and it was at capacity. At
1: capacity, that's it was right. Insane. That's right. Uh, all right, so let's move on to some of these other topics here. Uh, our worst stage conflict before this started, we had both kind of said that the Pup mitsky overlap on Sunday would be tough. Um, that one, we just decided to go all out on Pup, which I think was the right decision.
0: Yeah, actually, everyone in our group, except big friend of the pod, Mitch,
1: went to Pup. He went and saw Mitsuki. I don't care how good Mitsuki was. I think he made a mistake not watching Pup. Pup was... I, I was walking around the grounds the rest of the day, and I just heard passerbys be like, Pup was awesome. Like, that was unreal.
0: Yeah, well, and the thing is, too, like, they're not a particularly famous or well-known band, and again, like, on that Stereogum ranking, they were in the top ten. Like so They, they yeah. put them in there, and, and uh, yeah, I thought Pup was easily a top three performance for me, and, and was one of my favorites for sure, and they, I'm glad I saw them, because they really are very good performers. Mm. The lead singer actually got down off the stage and like hopped the barricade just so he could get in the crowd because he, it seems, does that in every show or whatever. And um, they, I think, made an attempt to connect with the audience and really put on an impassioned performance. And they they also had that thing that is big for me where they seemed happy to be there and thankful to be there. Yes,
1: yes, yes. That's a a huge, huge thing. That can go a longer way than maybe sounding technically good sometimes. Which they did also. In this case, they also did. So it was doubly good. But I think when you're an artist like Pup and you're on the come up and you're like, I have a big platform right now and I'm playing to more people than maybe we would at any other time. I think there's a, a hunger there. Yeah. And they're like, let's go out there and let's kill it and let's put on an amazing fucking show where... Some of these other artists who might be playing a little bit later in the day, who've been doing the festival circuit a lot more, they're like, ah, like another fucking festival, like, all right, let's just go put in our 45 minutes and we're done. And you get a less impassioned performance, also not as good of a show to see.
0: Pup was one of those ones, they were one of a few performances during the weekend where... I could, I was during the performance getting excited to like turn to everyone after and be like, Me too. Holy shit, how good were they?
1: Yep. And that was one of those where you know in the moment that this is like a transcendent show you're seeing.
0: They definitely killed it. Another conflict was that Sylvanesso car seat headrest and comedy thing. So I think we all went kind of different ways on this. We did. I. Ended up seeing some of Car Seat Headrest, but because I went to the bathroom and waited literally 20 minutes to pee, I missed most of Car Seat Headrest, and then went to the comedy. I caught Pete Holmes, which was good, but I missed Esso completely, which I regret because I heard they were great.
1: Yeah, so I started out. I was like, my priority is Car Seat Headrest. I want to go see them. Got to the blue stage. I was pretty far away. Got, um, I think I might have gone to the bathroom or got some food or a drink, whatever it was, and I was like, you know what? I've seen them before, I'm too far away. Let's just get to Sylvan Esso early and we'll catch all of that. Sylvan Esso ended up being really, really good. Yeah really good. I thought they might be. Um I was pleasantly surprised by that and I don't even mind that I ended up kind of flipping what I wanted to have happen, which was catch all of car seat headrest. Sylvanasso ended up being uh, a great one for me.
0: All I caught for Car Seat was I heard from the Porta Potty. I heard um, I think destroyed by hippie powers. Yeah, and yep. then I heard saw that. them do killer whales. yeah um, And then they did some other song. I wasn't. I didn't totally know uh, after that. But that was decent. I ended up actually being happy with seeing Pete Holmes. That was my favorite moment of the comedy for the weekend. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite comedians in general. Um, so I was excited that I got the chance to do that. But yeah, that's one of those examples where there was really no win. You had to kind of give up something.
1: So uh, our joking conflict for us at least was Mac DeMarco and Solange because we're notoriously... We're not the biggest fans of either of them. Two points on this. One, Solange dropped out. She canceled. Migos was there and Migos filled in. Migos basically... Oh, by the way... The rumor is that Beyonce was giving birth, so that's why Solange didn't, I didn't make Twitter, it. But... I don't know the validity of that. I
0: also don't care.
1: I don't either. Um, so Migos filled in, and Migos I, th- I think was a massive disappointment for people. I yeah. think they, that was one of the huge criticisms of Friday. was like, A, you replaced Solange with this like homophobic, transphobic rap group, Migos, and also they pretty much just did... DJ set. They didn't even like really perform and When they did, it didn't sound that good.
0: I mean, I heard overheard them while waiting for Bonnie Vere. Right, right. And so I heard them do Bad and Bougie. I I heard them kind of go through their set, and it definitely didn't sound great no, from where I didn't, was. Didn't and again, that was we were at the stage where you're right next to the other one, so you could kind of hear the whole set. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I didn't have a ton of stock in Migos, so I'm not gonna say I was disappointed, but I definitely. Um, was not like won over by them mm-hmm. by that mm-hmm. performance.
1: And then to be honest with you, I completely forgot Mac DeMarco was even there. I did too. That was one of those ones where
0: I think because we were waiting for Bonnie Vare, because I heard Migos and I was trying to like kind of gauge how they were doing, I honestly straight up forgot yeah. that
1: Mac- He was way over on the blue stage too, yeah. so like that was hard. And then I think the other one, uh, Run the Jewels and Wolf Parade, a lot of you guys went to go see Run the Jewels. Yeah. Um, I was right up front for Wolf Braid. So I think what ended up happening... This was a major conflict for a lot of people. Wolf Braid was kind of dead at the blue stage. Which helped you out. Which I was like right up front for that. Which was amazing. It was great. Um, you guys popped over for the last like half of a song.
0: Which was that 10 minute song.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. Kissing the Beehive.
0: I went to run the jewels. And it was one of the of the daytime shows. I think it was by far the busiest I saw. It was crazy. I w- we were back... So, if you remember where we were for Chance the Rapper, yeah. like, way back, like, a very significant distance from the stage, that's how far we were from Run the okay. Jewels, and they were on the Red Stage, and the crowd was basically packed almost all the way back there, mm-hmm. um, and the bass was crazy loud, and I couldn't really hear them. Um, I, that was one of my bigger disappointments of the weekend, although I will say, with some, with like Run the Jewels, I was just kind of excited to just see them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but still a bit of a disappointment, and when I got over to Wolf Parade... Um, And met up with you guys. I was, I kind of felt bad because I saw how dead it was, and I was like, I know this is a great band, and I, I really like some of their stuff. I feel kind of guilty that not more people showed up for them.
1: Yeah, it was. You you did. You couldn't really tell when you were up close because the crowd was really engaged. There was actually this guy, and I had noticed him when, uh, frightened rabbit was on before. He was up close. Near me, he actually had a Wolf Parade tattoo, and it was it's it was a kissing the beehive tattoo, which is that ten minute song they closed that with. That dude must have been that guy. Pumped. Seeing this guy just true genuine happiness to see like probably his favorite band was awesome. It was really? so great, and he was like right near me. He was dancing, like fist in the air, like singing along. And I think he was there with like either his brother or something, and he just like one one of the first couple songs ends. And he just turns to him and he goes – he, like, cheers him with his beer. He's like, I'm going in, as in, like, all the way up to the front. And he just goes dancing off up to the front. I was like, this guy's having the time of his life. This is making me enjoy it more. That's great. Uh, So that was really cool to see. But, yeah, I I wish more people had seen that Wolf Parade show. Yeah,
0: and that's just one of, again, the unfortunate things about those conflicts. So another category, Sean, that we talked about – since we did go to all three days, we discussed which would be the best day, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So our consensus was basically Friday. You said the lineup on Sunday seemed stronger. I thought they were more or less comparable, but I think I'd agree now that looking back. um, So Friday or Sunday were the contenders. Um, I ended up taking Friday in the preview podcast. I think I have to flop to Sunday because, again, like – Pup was so good. The hotel yeah. year put on a good show. I saw Weezer at the end, which was amazing. I thought that was one of my favorite sets of the weekend. Um, and the first half of Friday might have been my favorite part, but again, I felt like total shit by the end, which True. is no fault of True. Fridays. True. You can't blame Friday.
1: Um but I, I think I go Sunday. I, I, I'm still kind of sticking with my hedge here where Sunday was absolutely the best music day, yeah. I thought. Lineup was insanely strong. Um, I was a little burnt out by the end, though. And in terms of pure fun, I think for me it was Friday with the pre-gaming and the getting there, seeing a transcendent Bon Iver experience. Um, I I think Friday was probably my most pure fun day. Uh, Sunday was still the best music day, though. Up
0: until the end of Bon Iver, I would say Friday was the most fun for me, too. And then things went way downhill. Because I think I bit off more than I could chew physically. But I will say, I think... I might go Sunday by a hair. But sure. and that's a surprise. It's, if yeah. anyone knows me and, and my, that's, my long-time battle with the Sunday scaries, we right. know that that's saying a lot.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, so something non-musical that you were looking forward to. Jake, you had the anticipation and excitement of the drive down. I had day drinking, darting, if yep. you will. How did that stack up for you?
0: Uh, so the drive down was great. And we had a lot of fun, a lot of jokes and stuff. I forgot you weren't driving with us. <laughs> right. And I realized right. that I was like, I wonder if Sean took that as a shot.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. I knew... No, I did not. Because
0: I forgot that you weren't driving in our no. car. That all being said, we had a good time. And, I and like, again, some of the best parts were, like, going to the liquor store, mm-hmm. stopping in at Market Basket, and just, like, you know that feeling just of, like...
1: Just, like, non-trashy things. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Everything was ahead of us, is what I'm saying. And no, like, I know, I know. And, and that... That is sort of the most fun. I will say that... Um, well, we all, we said non-performance. Yeah. Because we ruled out the comedy. Right. So I'd say that for the most part, that ended up being... That stayed true. Day drinking was good, but ended up yeah. kind of fighting so, me. So
1: here, here's, here's the thing with, with that. I was looking forward to it. It becomes really hard to sustain any sort of buzz yeah. or anything. Because A, the beers there cost $9. It, or drinks cost a lot of money. B, if you want to have more drinks, you gotta sneak them in yourself and then that's a whole other thing with like, what am I gonna mix this with? like what how's that gonna work? Then you gotta worry about peeing, going to the bathroom, all that stuff. So it's honestly more of a hassle than it's worth. And on Sunday, we really didn't drink at all, and that maybe actually contributed it to it being a more fun day.
0: <laughs> I felt so. the same way because the drinking part of it, while fun, you're getting gouged. Yeah. You're paying $9 or $8, whatever it was for a Miller Lite. Yeah. 16 ounces, but still. And you, again, like you said, when you're day drinking. It's exhausting. It's you,
1: a whole other effort to do.
0: Yeah. When you're out in the sun. Yeah. It's a whole thing. I don't know how with that many people around, people got stoned at
1: this. because oh, yeah.
0: If it, I would be paranoid as hell if I were in this crowd. High, yeah. I really don't think I could have taken
1: it. Uh, not the environment. I, I for for certain types of people to do that in. No. I think, uh, but yeah, there was plenty of people who were who were putting one in the air. The the thing that I think ended up being the best non musical thing was actually hanging out in the hotel yes. with friends watching Harry Potter. Yeah, because it was Harry Potter weekend. As it, it is basically every weekend. Because
0: it was a weekend.
1: <laughs> right. And just making fun of Harry Potter. that I, I had so much fun doing that. I actually considered watching some Harry Potter movies yesterday yeah. while recovering. But I was like, ah, it's not going to be as fun because like I want to make jokes about the dumb shit that they're doing and saying. That was so much fun. I loved that.
0: It, it was. And that goes back to what I was saying about having a weekend to get away with your friends and do something a little different and know that... Like, we're not 18, we're not, you know, like, really kids anymore, so the whole thing about, like, getting together and drinking and having a sleepover, like, all that stuff's different. We've
1: done that so many times, And you
0: need now an excuse where, like, we're going to be at a destination and it makes the most sense for us to all stay there. Yeah. And I think everyone was excited to I do that. I think we all
1: kind of embraced that. It was yeah. kind
0: of fun to like wake up and be like, ooh, like all my friends are here. Yep. We're going to pop on this Harry Potter yep. weekend and we're going to make fun of Dumbledore's many <laughs> gaffes throughout the, the course of the series. Yep. I agree. And that, that ended that was up being great. my favorite part It was fantastic. You. Also, I don't think you actually went, but I also I love the Whole Foods... Uh, egg and potatoes oh, spread.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yep. ended
0: up having a couple good breakfasts yep. at the whole. Big shout to the Cambridge Whole Foods near the <laughs> yes. Rotary. Yeah. Big the shout rotary. to you guys.
1: Near the six Rotaries, yeah. Big shout to Rotaries, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: For being like kind of an outmoded and dangerous very, form of traffic. Very
1: dangerous. Uh, okay, something you're dreading. Uh, yeah. So you had standing a lot because, you know, you're kind of lazy. Yeah. We're both lazy. So. I
0: definitely am lazy. And uh, that. Was proven out on Friday. Where I was like... But you know what? I didn't realize just how tired I was on Friday. Because by Saturday and Sunday... I was like... Oh, I can stand during this whole thing. I'm not as Mm -hmm. old as I thought. It was just because I was wiped out on Friday. Because I was stupid. Um, Also, I had that feeling of it being over soon. Wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Um, Was kind of there Sunday. But kind of went away... Because of how good the performances were.
1: Yeah. So for me, I had uh, poor weather. Which kind of was a factor a little bit on Friday. But again, like we said... It, it came at a good time during Bonnie Iver, so it didn't really bother me at all. Um, and I also had the tired and burnt out feeling of the late Sunday shows, which absolutely came true for me. The thing I did not expect, Jake, that I, I should have been dreading but wasn't, uh, it's actually two things. One, sunburns. Oh, yeah. Even when it's not that sunny out, it's still very easy to get a sunburn if you are of Irish descent like I am. And you can see right now my forehead is pretty burnt. Yeah. Uh, But luckily, the rest of my body was covered, so it's really just my forehead. The other thing that I did not account for, Jake, was getting shit on by a bird. Ah, yes. While waiting (laughs) to get into the festival grounds.
0: I will say that knowing you and knowing what your tolerance is for stuff like that, I was was worried for you. I thought that, because this happened Sunday morning, we were waiting in line, because we got there kind of early, in sort of the hot sun. Yep. Sean got shit on by a bird. That bird shit, on- oh, a bird shit on my arm. Yeah, that bird shit on the wrong dude. Because I really was like, I was like, Sean might leave. I I had a serious fear that you were going to like maybe up and go.
1: I was so upset and uncomfortable because, yeah, if you know me, you know I am very particular about just like comfort and 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 things like that well no one would be happy to be shit off. no no but I, I i and then so we ended up getting in i was like okay great i'll be able to go to the water station clean this off we'll be good no, no no we were corded off for another 45 minutes like we were in some i don't even know what but we had to wait in the hot sun for them to drop the rope and let us actually go and all the while, it was like 80 degrees, sun beating down on me, just bird shit being dried onto my arm, and it got onto my shirt a little bit too. Finally, I I got over to the water station, I wiped it off. I actually forgot that it even happened by the end of the day, right. which is a good sign. But did it smell? Not really. Yeah, i really. I've,
0: I've had bird shit on me before too, and I've, it, it doesn't. Smell it doesn't like really that. smell.
1: That would have made it a lot worse. But I was just yeah. uncomfortable and unhappy for forty five minutes, and like what, whatever. Like yeah, I don't know. Like it happens, I guess. I
0: actually forgot that happened too, but yeah. that was uh, that was a low because everyone mm. again it was Sunday, so we're all feeling a little burnt yeah. out, you know. And we're standing there waiting, and we, it seemed like who knew how long that wait was going to be. And, and that shit—it was just caking onto your forearm. It—it it, it was drying. It's fucking
1: terrible. It was. So do, I did—I did not account for that. I wasn't dreading a bird shitting on me, but maybe I should have been.
0: You, yeah, I think in for future festivals, Sean. Now you'll yeah. know. This is why we—why we do stuff like that. <laughs> That's true. So right. another category. Yep. Uh, most under the radar artists. So someone that we. Uh, Thought would be a good show uh, But we weren't necessarily totally looking forward to Or totally amped for But we thought by the time we got there They'd kind of slide under the radar And be like, oh yeah, fuck yeah I like Mm -hmm. this band I'm excited they're playing So the one that I had uh, picked Was Tegan and Sarah And I gotta say um, I I still like Tegan and Sarah But they kind of let me down a little bit I don't know if it was them Or just the way they sounded But their set definitely didn't sound great
1: no, we, we were watching that together. We were both pretty excited. We were maybe too far back. I don't know what it was. I don't know. And I heard, too, that someone was having a seizure towards towards the front of the stage. Right. So they had to, like, stop and stall a little bit. But either way, we couldn't really hear them where we were, and we decided to to skedaddle.
0: And we weren't even that far no. back. And, and and my logic when I picked Tegan and Sarah was, like, it's during kind of a week Saturday lineup. Mm-hmm. It'll be in the middle of the day. And I just think we, I don't know, didn't account for the mood the right way that we'd be in. Yeah. Um, I think you and I had a bit of a heart-to-heart about (laughs) souring towards being around a lot of people at that point. Yeah. Um, And that kind of hit us at a point where we were like not in the greatest mood in the world. And it just didn't sound that great. I was kind of disappointed. Still got love for Tegan and Sarah.
1: Absolutely. I still love Tegan and Sarah. But yeah, that ended up being a little bit of a disappointment. For me, I had Frightened Rabbit as my under-the-radar, mostly just because I kind of forgot that they were on the the set list and kind of fell through the cracks. They ended up being great. I loved them. But my most under-the-radar... Sylvan Esso was one of them that really surprised me. That was good that I wasn't expecting. The 1975 ended up being uh, really, really good that I wasn't even, A, I don't think planning to go to, B, expecting them to be as good as they were.
0: I would have to agree. I mean, I think they definitely win this category
1: for me as well. Did we leave the XX to go see them? We did, yeah. That it, was a, In my mind, that was a good move.
0: It was Because the 1975, okay, people love the XX. Yeah. I know that. I think we both came to the conclusion and agreement during uh, their performance um, that we do not love the no, XX. No, we don't. I like some songs by the XX. I like some things about them. I don't love them. No. I also got yelled at by a fan
1: for talking too loud. Yeah, like what the fuck? That's kind of bullshit. Like yeah. you're at a festival. You're pre- we were kind of far back too. Like what? Yeah. What do you expect? If you want to be totally engaged. Get your ass up to the front and don't complain.
0: Believe me, you don't need to stoke the flames anymore because I went into false
1: defensive Jake mode. Which is hilarious. And
0: was being a total snarky prick the rest of the show. And like pretty much I was like talking loudly about this girl right in front of her. And like kind of mock singing along with some of the songs. Um Which I acknowledge 100% is not cool and not alright. That's a big reason why we got out of there. We left the XX, we went and saw the 1975, and it was like, I think one thing we underestimated was that was right as the sun was going down, and the 1975, I gotta hand it to them, they sound great They're fucking
1: rock stars.
0: I don't love the 1975. I like some of their stuff, I've never been totally all in. I gotta say though, when they were playing Chocolate, when they were playing uh, The Sound, I was... Totally all in. More yep. than I'd ever been.
1: I compare this, and I think we both brought this up. This, and if you guys followed us back when we broke down the Newport Folk Fest um, episode last summer, e- uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros were the equivalent of the 1975 this time around. A band, we're like, yeah, we like a few songs. We weren't expecting anything crazy, but they ended up putting on a great show. I think that was the equivalent this time around.
0: I agree. And and, and so much of this kind of stuff, you when you're looking at these festivals on paper... Even though I know it will be this way, I always kind of fail to account for how much of it is impacted by mood, where you are, comfort, and just general setting. A big reason why the 1975 was so good was the sun was going down, it was getting a little cooler after a hot Saturday, Mm -hmm. and you know, sunset looked really nice, we were up in the bleachers, we weren't as invested so the performance, we could just sort of enjoy it for what it was, have a conversation, be away from the crowd. And like the sun went down, the breeze started to come in. Oh, we were at the top of the bleachers, started to feel that we're breeze. We were passing
1: back and forth the water bottle.
0: We were passing back and forth Sean's bladder of water, of, of water um, and uh, enjoying ourselves. And so, so a lot of times those are the performances where... It's the circumstance where, like, I might absolutely. not be the biggest 1975 fan in the
1: world. But, but in that moment, you know, like, before that, you would have said, yeah, I'd like the XX better than the 1975. I would have Or been, would you?
0: I would have said, like, they're, <laughs> they're like, I don't oh, know. Okay, okay, I would have said, okay. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but during the show, they were just, they were exactly what I wanted. And, yeah. and honestly, I think I like them more now because of that. Yes, absolutely. So that was one of those experiences for
1: sure. Okay, couple over-unders um, as we get to the end here. Over-under one and a half people you will personally witness throwing up or passed out each day. I went under here. You went over. What did you actually find with this?
0: Well... That I should have taken the under. I was Mm. wrong. Um, I guess Brittany would count as a throw-up for the first day, but that's still under one and a half. Um, And passed out. You could argue three or four of us passed out on the first day. That's still under for the whole thing. Um, So, yeah, I I botched that one. I thought with the amount of people there, the amount of stuff going on, I would see way more of that. I just didn't. I'm actually surprised. uh, Yeah,
1: I I didn't either. I I kind of expected that. I, I think... Yeah, I think you'd be surprised at, at, at these types of festivals. I think maybe partly because it's hard to get drinks. You know, you got to sneak stuff in if you really want to get completely yep. obliterated. So, yeah, under. Um, and then the other one that we had here, this one was over under three and a half people, excuse me, you will see that you didn't go with, yep. that you know. So, we heard of a lot of people who were going to be there that we knew. Um I didn't run into a single one of them. Yeah. I saw one person in passing that I used to work with. Mm-hmm. That was it. I didn't say hi to them. Didn't talk to them or anything. Yeah. Um, I'm like ninety, only ninety percent sure it was them. Even so, that's just one person. So I I took the over on that. It was way way under.
0: Yeah. From if I took the under and and one on the under on that one because the only person the entire time that I think I saw was. Someone I went to college with mm-hmm. and worked at the college magazine with. Big shout to Michelle if she's somehow <laughs> listening. I'm pretty sure I saw you there. Um, I did not say hi because I a haven't seen you in years and b have like social anxiety that I should probably mm-hmm. see therapists for. So th- that's the combo for me not saying hi to anyone. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I actually I hit on the under there.
1: I think I just underestimated how expansive and large. And how many people would be there.
0: It, it, me too. And I think that kind of can be factored into both of these. Because the one about... Like, I'm sure a lot of people threw up at the festival. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people passed out. There were just too many people. Right. The crowds were too big. So
1: you weren't necessarily going to see
0: that. You were never yeah. going to see it. Right. Like, you'd have to get lucky. And right. I think that that...
1: You know what's funny, it. though? At one point, when the bathroom situation was very dire, I was taking our shortcut behind the porta-potties. Yes. Yes this one lady puts her her finger up to me like to wait like one minute and i'm like wait what and and i see her squat down pull her pants down and piss in one of the puddles behind the porta potties i was like oh, oh okay and then she gets up, like, smiles at me, gives me a thumbs up, and I c- could continue walking. So
0: you watch this woman pee? Pretty much. Wow. Pretty much. That's yeah. wild stuff. So
1: that could have been an over-under, but... Um, How many
0: women will you watch pee? Yeah. Might be something... We'll edit that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out. That's about the weirdest thing we've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Uh, all right, and to wrap up, let's do our Mount Rushmore of the best performances that we saw at Boston Calling this year.
0: I'll start... Um, if I'm going in no order, the four I'm picking are Pup, like we talked about before, Bonnie Iver. Despite the fact that the last third of it I kind of felt like crap, I still acknowledge that it was a great performance. Um, didn't realize how crazy that new album would sound live. It was mm. wild. Mm-hmm. Um, the 1975, as we said, and then what might have been... I don't know, I'd have to think about it, but what was definitely one of the most fun rounding off my Mount Rushmore was Weezer. Mm-hmm. Um, this was so you got to be really close for, for Bonnie Iver. Yeah, I I was pretty close for Weezer and I gotta say I wish I made more of an effort to do that for some more yeah. artists because in my mind I was like that doesn't
1: matter that much. It, 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 at festivals it's it changes things. It really it does, really
0: especially does. for the bigger act. Yep. Because like for example, we were close for pup, we were close for the hotel year. But when you know you're in the heart of a huge crowd and you're like, I got here early and I Mm -hmm. deserve to have this experience Mm -hmm. where I'm just immersed in this gigantic crowd um, and and I'm up close, that was a really cool feeling. And um, with Weezer, they basically put on just a greatest hits show Mm. and they have like 20 greatest hits. Like they're going to be, we've talked about good greatest hits bands before. They're going to be one.
1: Yeah, for sure. And,
0: And like... It was just a lot of fun to be in that crowd because they're kind of a feel good band, mm-hmm. and people were in a good mood and and like singing along. And again, mm-hmm. that was right at the end of the festival, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go all in. I'm gonna yep. sing along to every song. I'm gonna try to enjoy myself." And 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 so that that rounds off my top uh, four, Mount Rushmore.
1: Nice. Uh, okay, Mount Rush, so four. so for mine, and this would be in order, uh, I have Pup. Number one. Number two, I have Bonnie Iver. Number three, I have Wolf Parade. Okay. Number four, I have Frightened Rabbit. So Frightened Rabbit, even though... So I've seen them three times now. This was actually probably my least favorite of the three. They still put on a fantastic show. I was like right up front for that. I was right up front for Wolf Parade. It really does make a difference if you're that close. All four of those bands, I was actually in the same exact spot for every single one. Oh, Oh, except for *Bonnie Fair*, That was at a separate stage. But for all three of those blue stage bands, I was right up front for each of those. It does make a huge difference. Um, And going in, I think... If you asked me what are your top four going to be, that was probably going to be it as well. So pretty consistent overall, I would say.
0: I would say that I had a couple surprises because I was looking forward to Weezer but didn't know how much I'd like it. Mm-hmm. And the 1975 would have never even touched my top yep. four. I would, I didn't even think I was going to see them. Yeah,
1: So true. that was just one of the,
0: the sort of happy true. surprises. Um, we had discussed potentially doing Trim the Fat. Do you want to I save we that? I sa- think
1: we'll save that. Let's save that. We'll trim yeah. some more fat and yeah. not
0: do the segment at all. We'll save it for next week. I like week. it.
1: I like it. And okay. let's just wrap up. Quick recommendation of the week, Jake. What do you got?
0: Um, I am recommending the album A Tribute to Jack Johnson by Miles Davis. Listen to it today. If you have listened to previous recommendations of the week, I think we've recommended in a silent way. I've probably recommended a few yeah. Miles albums. Yeah. This is in his sort of rock... Jazz fusion so that era,
1: bitches brew. Yeah, sound. I, I'd
0: say more accessible than okay. bitches brew. Okay. I was really, really liking it today. I've only listened once, and I'm just gonna make it my recommendation. Okay. Because oh, I was I feeling it today when I listened.
1: My recommendation is the book "Meet Me in the Bathroom" by Lizzie Goodman. This is an oral history of the New York City rock scene from about 2001 to 2011. It chronicles the rise of bands like The Strokes, Interpol, Yeah Yeah Yeahs, all the way through what they have dubbed the Brooklyn era with bands like Grizzly Bear, Vampire Weekend, people, oh, that's cool. people like that, uh, TV on the radio. So it's an oral history. So they, they've they interviewed people who were um, around during that time. They have a lot of interviews with the actual band members of all of those bands. They have music writers. They have critics, producers. Everybody is involved with this. I'm about maybe 100 pages in. I haven't even reached... Um like any of the big stuff happening yet like the strokes getting bigger or anything this is all kind of preamble still. how I, long is the book it's like 600 pages Oh wow, it's very long um,
0: Any any one good anecdote to share
1: Yeah so so there there's there's a lot uh, the one that I read last night actually was about DFA records which is the record label that uh, James Murphy from LCD Sound system okay. helped to found. James Murphy is kind of a dick is what I'm learning from this. Uh, Like very much like I know better than other people and I'm going to like just my like I have this singular vision for how things need to sound and and stuff and I'm unyielding on that. Um, So I've also heard about like heavy drug use by the strokes Maybe influenced by Ryan Adams giving heroin to Albert Hammond Jr. I saw
0: this on Twitter. Yeah, that was
1: so. As part of the promotion for the book, they did like a chapter excerpt, and that was the one. Uh. So that got a lot of lot of press. But that's in the book. Um, Really, really great stuff, though. It it does a great job of painting the picture of what that was like. Um, And it's especially cool because this doesn't feel that far in the past because a lot of these bands are still making music right now and are still very much uh, recognizable names. This isn't like you're reading an oral history of, like, Woodstock or yep. um, the Greenwich Village kind of folk movement. This is, like, very much, like... I still listen to these bands. A lot yeah. of these bands I love and are still putting out records.
0: Well, that being said, I would definitely take oral histories of both of
1: those. <laughs> oh, abso- absolutely. But it's cool because almost all these people are alive Well, it feels, now. It feels
0: timely. It feels it, relevant it, to now. Big
1: time. And, like... The the author of this, Lizzie Goodman, was there for all of that, like was in New York City and was friends with a lot of these people. That's cool. Which has given her like unprecedented access to a lot of this. She's gotten a lot of good sound bites tidbits excerpts to she's put got, into this she's, book she's, she's got the dirt she's got the inside yeah track. it's it's seriously a very compelling read I highly recommend if you care about that stuff at all to check this book out
0: okay I I would like to yeah I think I'm probably going to yeah. at some point
1: uh, but that about does it for this week we'll be back next week with a more uh, standard episode uh, let us know what you thought of Boston calling if you were there tweet at us yeah, at listening pod give us a shout yeah see you next week thanks everyone All right, we're on. Quick pre-show thought. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: gonna eat an M&M. I think
1: I have a couple. Actually, I have a couple. Um, one, I just changed my oil before coming here, and a, and a couple things about that. One, kind of a grease monkey, no big deal. Kind of, <laughs> kind of just live to work on cars, <laughs> as evidenced by like I I'm. I kind of I washed my hands, but I still have that thing that, like, mechanics have where, like, yeah, their that. fingers are just always black.
0: Yeah, right. With,
1: like, oil and soot and, like, <laughs> dust. Yeah, okay. That's kind of my life right now.
0: Okay, so you've, you've, yeah. you've changed big time.
1: <laughs> no, oh, no, this has always been a, a passion of mine, oh, okay. just fixing up cars, working yep. on cars. Right. Um,
0: What's your favorite, name your top ten favorite parts of a car?
1: Uh, um, Steering wheel. Obviously, because it's, it's in your hands all so the time. So is this in a no-order list? That's in. That's number one. There's a <laughs> number.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Number two is uh, the radio, because you got to be blasting tunes.
0: You need the music. That's no, a, that's, number that's, that's three. A brand, number number the three
1: are the racing stripes I have on the side of my car. Didn't
0: I noticed those when you pulled up?
1: Number four are the hot babes that are in my <laughs> uh, hmm. in in the back seat and front seat, because obviously that's part of car life.
0: So does Brittany know about...
1: Uh, That's kind of all-encompassing. The
0: Hot Babes?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's Uh, kind of just a brand thing. It's kind of a brand. More than like
0: a... I'll give it to you, because I think you're going to struggle to get across the finish line here. (laughs) But the Hot Babes are not really a part of the car, but continue.
1: Um, Number four is my backup camera. No, number five is my backup camera. Sorry. No, our Hot Babes were number four. Right, right. Um... Number six is just the oil, the oil and just the smell of oil. Okay. Um, All right. Number seven. Yeah. Is the uh, the dipstick to measure the oil. Okay. Um, number nine's the oil pan. Did you skip number eight? Number eight's the oil pan. That was
0: that was a um, slime. You did that on purpose.
1: didn't no, you? Number nine is the oil. F- oil f- means yes. oil, oil filter. Okay. And um, number ten is the uh, the drivetrain.
0: The drivetrain.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, just kind of a car, a gearhead, just kind of a gearhead. But that, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, no, it's it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> the real point is, no. In all seriousness, though, uh, when I change my oil by myself, and I do it rarely, because um, honestly, it's I'm lazy, and it's just easier to. Bring it and have them do it. Right, but I did it myself this time. And whenever I do it, I'm always really nervous to turn my car on and like drive it again because I'm like I fucked something up. It's definitely I put broken. something in the wrong area. There's no oil in my engine anymore. Right, it's gonna seize up and my car will be totaled and useless. I'm always nervous about that. I don't need to be right because it's always fine. But you got here. It seems it worked out. But it's almost worth it for the peace of mind to just. Bring it to Bring it and have them do it.
0: It reminds me of one of my favorite Seinfeld bits, which like when George is like, you know, you go to the mechanic and they can tell you anything is wrong and you don't know. Yeah, it's like, true. Yeah, you need a new Johnson rod in mm. here. Oh, a Johnson rod. All right, put one of those in there, I guess. Is that the car dealership episode? I guess. I don't know if I...
1: Because there's a couple... There's that episode where Jerry's mechanic, like... He's in love with Jerry's car and doesn't like want... <laughs> like, like, he thinks he's treating it poorly or whatever, so he steals it. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, and then uh, there's the car dealership episode, which is an all-time late Seinfeld-era episode.
0: I kind of forget what With happened.
1: the Twix, the, the candy bar lineup, the Twix lineup that George does because he thinks Dude. the mechanic steals his his candy bar. Uh, I vaguely remember that Twix has the the is the only candy bar with the cookie crunch.
0: <laughs> I I honestly I think I'm gonna have to rewatch. Dude, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Oh, it's it's
1: so years, classic. Because
0: I did one full watch, sort of through that series. Sort of a weird way to refer to Seinfeld that series um, when I was like a freshman and sophomore in high school.
1: Oh, okay. So it's been a while. Man, I think
0: I watched my favorite episodes here and there. Okay, on okay. again, off again. I've
1: watched that through probably three times at least there you go and I've seen other episodes like 10 15 times it's it's one one of my favorite shows do you have a favorite episode um I've always said the dinner party is one of my favorite episodes season 5 when they're on on their way to a dinner party it's the it's the main four gang and they have to like stop to get um uh like the bread like that bread at the the bakery uh yes isn't that season 3 marble rye I, it, wrong. It, I think they like sowed the seeds there early of the marble rye. Um, the marble like this, rye is the episode where Jerry it, talks about. That's a specific about, episode. Yeah, oh, he
0: talks about how he hasn't thrown up in like vast yes. amount of years. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He has the black and white cookie.
1: That's the dinner party.
0: Oh, he maybe, has the black. I mean, mixing has, two episodes?
1: Yeah, but they, the marble rye is part of both of those because they go to this bakery uh. that has marble rye, and while they're waiting for it, Jerry gets the black and white cookie. Look to the cookie. Yeah. Look to the cookie, Elaine. And then he ends up throwing up. And then uh, George is trying to like find a parking spot or something. Basically, they never get to the dinner party. Right. And they're always just like, they get caught up in hijinks along the way. The, I mean, the contest is obviously a classic.
0: I like. The, do you like the Chinese restaurant or the parking garage better? Both bottle episodes. I... <sighs> Oh man! With time, I've come around on the parking garage. I think I know because Kramer's in it, and Kramer's so fucked. That brilliant. great physical
1: comedy with
0: the air conditioner.
1: I th- I think I think it is um, the parking garage by a little bit for me. I love though when the Chinese restaurant like Maitre D or whatever yeah <laughs> is caught right caught right. He's like, did I get a phone call? Like I yell caught right. <laughs> no one answers He's like, he's like,
0: he goes, the name's Costanza? He's like, that's right. I just got a call. I yelled, caught, right? (laughs) And he yells completely the wrong name. That's a great episode. And I I love when Elaine goes and tries to eat the food off that guy's table. Yes, yep. And George has a great line in that one. He's like, because Jerry offers her 50 bucks to do it, to take an egg roll and eat it. Say, thank you very much. Walk away 50 bucks And she's like Would you do it George? And George's like For 50 bucks? I'd put my face in their soup And blow
1: <laughs> that's, that's a great George line There's probably so many other episodes I'm not I'm just blanking on right now Why That I Why do you I think love. they didn't
0: write Kramer into that?
1: that I, I think they treated Kramer a little differently then That was still season 2 That's the only episode he wasn't in you know But if you recall, early on... He was treated differently. They, like, had him in sparingly. Yeah. He was truly just, like, the wacky neighbor. He wasn't, like, part of their friend group necessarily. He was so
0: funny in the first episode, even though that episode's kind of weird to watch now. Yeah, it's super weird. When Jerry's calling that girl who's, like, supposed to come over or whatever, Kramer is eating a sandwich that he made fully from Jerry's, like, food... And he's like, "Do you want me to talk to her? <laughs> Put me on. Put me on."
1: <laughs> this fucking crazy. Yeah, he has a dog in that episode. Too. He does. And Jerry's apartment's different. <laughs> yeah, it's like totally different. It's a weird episode. It's called The Seinfeld Chronicles. Yeah, that is weird.
0: Good first uh, season one and two because they're combined on a box. Yeah. Set. Good episode in that is, uh, um, the what is it called? The deal, this and that. With the sex thing where Jerry and Elaine decide to be yeah. friends and still
1: have sex. That's actually, I think, I think it's end very end of season two. Right. That's like it? the finale of season two. I
0: always think of season one and two as just one season in yeah. my head because I have them on one box right. set. Do you have it separate?
1: No. No, um, no, no. Yeah, it's all one, all one box yeah, set.
0: That last episode, that's really good.
1: I think the issue with Seinfeld is it's... It was on TBS for so long. I don't know if it still is, but I don't really. I don't like watch TV in that way anymore. I think it's on. Is it on Hulu or something now? I think
0: it's on. Yeah, something like that. Okay,
1: because I was gonna say, I think for a little bit there was a gap there where shows like The Office and Always Sunny took over as that like go-to kind of have on in the background comedy yeah. that Seinfeld thrives in. But I, I don't think I don't know. Hulu's not as popular as Netflix, obviously, but. Uh, I think it maybe lost a little ground to those other shows right. as a cultural touchstone in the past in, few years. It's
0: increasingly dated too, especially it's, the early yeah, seasons. It
1: looks, yeah, so it dated.
0: looks really, really old. Yeah, it does. like seasons one through three, yeah. even four, look like a totally different generation. It's true, because I mean, people are still talking about. Like, landlines were still a huge thing. There's a lot of stand up jokes about really dated stuff. And like,
1: there's so many storylines that would just not exist if cell phones were a thing.
0: Right. Yeah, that's
1: true. That's a really good so, point. So, like, Chinese restaurant, like, that whole thing is done, basically.
0: And that's really interesting because when I watch it now, I I, I realize that I had this impulse where I'm like, just call them. And they're right. like, oh, no. So well, they couldn't because this can. was like 1991 or right. whatever. Right. So they couldn't do that. Right.
1: Yeah. But dude, it's interesting because so many of those shows from that era have now gone away. Yeah. But Seinfeld has remained, so. <laughs> I think it's just because it's like a cut above. Yeah.
0: That whole idea of like not being able to just call someone and tell them where you're at really stresses me out. It's very... Can you imagine? <laughs> I've
1: become so conditioned. Can you imagine at Boston Calling no. but with the little service that we did have if we weren't able to communicate? Dude, We just rely on phones for everything. Yeah.
0: Like, for example... I didn't have to know how to get to the hotel, because right. you had a phone right. where you got us directions to it the first time, yep. and I was just like, all right, I'll just follow Sean right. every time, because he right. looked up, up the directions the first time. Right, I, I, Dude, I didn't even really know where we were, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, because <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't drive, right? I didn't, I, I mean, I'm jumping the gun here, because this is what we're going to talk about in the episode a little bit, but I didn't, there were parts where I was like, I didn't even really know where we are.
1: Yeah, I didn't yeah, have to. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I
0: actually
1: kind of enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. No, it is. It's just freeing. It's like I'm gonna let somebody else take care of that. I was like, yeah. you know what? I, I feel like that happens a lot, where like one person just kind of gets the yep. Yep. the responsibility. Like it was. It, I think Logan and I kind of split it, where like Logan was responsible for getting us there. I was responsible for getting us home. Yeah. Well, and you like, f- that's kind well, of how because the down. first
0: night you found the directions. And I felt like dog shit, Mm, so I was like, mm -hmm. "I'm just gonna like look at their feet and hope I don't lose them and like throw up and just walk until we're back at the hotel." That dude, that felt like forever, by the way. Even though it wasn't that long a walk,
1: no, wasn't. I didn't think it was that bad.
0: No, well, and and the second and third night when we walked back, that was proven out because it wasn't really that bad. It was a decent walk, but it wasn't crazy.
1: It was a night. I thought it was a nice walk.
0: It was nice the first night. It it literally felt like forever to me. I was like, I will never, ever lay down. I'll always be walking,
1: and I'll always feel this way. Yeah, yeah.
0: Really fatalistic way to look at shit. All
1: right. Uh, All right, you ready to dive in? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's do it. This is episode 75. Ooh. 75. That reminds me. Oh, yeah. Let's see. History, 1975. We need history and music bites. History, history, history. It's, It's maybe bad that I can't think of something. I think it's the official
0: just straight up end of the Vietnam War I want to say. Okay. Alright, no, this is not what I want. 1975. I don't want actual albums by the band. Yeah. 1975. There we go. Ooh. Some big ones. Alright. We won't spoil them here. Although it doesn't matter. This is after the show. Ooh, the
1: events. Yeah. Um, 9-11.
0: 1975.
1: I need like uh Bobby Fischer refuses to play in a chess match against Antoli Karpov.
0: Is that because he was maybe Jewish? Because wasn't Bobby Fischer like like a known
1: anti-Semite? Um. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I, I got a good one. I got a good one. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay, I'm ready to start when you are.
1: Okay. Um. Okay. Three, two, one.